everyone. Welcome to Life with Terry podcast with your host, Terry Malachi. To those who are listening for the first time, I am a spiritual teacher. I'm a life coach. I am the author and educator of principles and tools of creation. I'm also the founder of Life with Terry, a company established to help you create and live a fulfilled life and to help you create effectively and efficiently in every area of your life, personally, socially, and uh, professionally. Um, Yeah, it is my passion to see you uh, happy, to see you become the creator that you were created to become, to see you break the walls of human-made systems and uh, meet your true self, to meet your true identity. How are you doing on this beautiful day? Uh, Let me remind you that it is a beautiful day, a day that my co-creators and I have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad on this beautiful day. Remember that this podcast is available on various platforms such as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast and many more platforms uh, as listed on our website at www.lifewithterry.com. I thought about sharing with you uh, what I mean when I say it is a day that my co-creators and I have made. Uh, I use this phrase a lot when I do my greetings and it's one of my favorite affirmations that I utter uh, when I get up in the morning. Uh, The question is, what are co-creators or who are co-creators? The answer is very simple. They are every energy in the universe aligned with my thoughts, my plans, my vision, my goals, and my ultimate highest purposes in life. They are my blood lineage, uh, my angels or blood lineage ancestors or blood lineage spirit guides. Uh, whatever words you are comfortable with. Um, They are also my spirit guides, my angels, ancestors outside my blood lineage. They are my sources of intelligence that I co-create with. Um, I'm a creator and I'm a co-creator and I know who I co-create with. I know who I work with. I know who I collaborate with. And the beauty about this relationship is that I don't bow down to my co-creators. I don't worship them. They are co-creators. When you operate in the spiritual realm, there is no hierarchy as we see in the physical realm. And as we see that some people believe that there is a hierarchy in the spiritual realm, it is a man-made system hierarchy. It is um, something that was created by human beings in order to control and to manage human beings it was created to make sure that certain people maintain power and it was created out of fear so in the spiritual realm energies what they do we just attract at the center of energy is the power to attract like-minded co-creators who work together when i win my co-creators win when i achieve my highest purpose, my co-creators, they achieve their highest purposes. So my success is their success. And that's how we co-create. That is the beauty of co-creating in the spiritual realm. Uh, No creator is above other creators. We are all gods. Yeah, we are gods working together for the good of humankind. Remember the word God simply means a supreme being that was elevated from just being a building block by human beings when they they were trying to figure out life. If you've listened to the previous episode, you will understand what the word God means. By now you have an idea of what is the meaning of the word God. Before I proceed, I felt in my spirit that I should share with you an ex from the book Principles and Tools of Creation. 
Uh, I want to remind you of something that is written on page 78 of Principles and Tools of Creation. You have a birthright to discover the creator from within. Take your position in the universe and remove all the indoctrinating belief systems from your mind. You have a story to tell for your ancestors, your family, yourself, and your descendants. You are an essential building block created for a significant role in the universe. You are a creator and a co-creator. You are an important energy in the value chain of creation and you have access to every energy available in the value chain of creation. Your ability to attract and manifest is not meant to be governed by the rules of human-made hierarchies. What a beautiful passage from Principles and Tools of Creation. A powerful book that will change your life forever. A must-have book that is changing the lives of many people. I recommend and I advise you to get yourself a copy on our website. We have listed different platforms from which you can get the book. You are a creator. You are not meant to be a subject that is meant to worship or bow down to a God or a human-made system. You need to figure out the power that you carry. You owe it to yourself to figure out the creator that you are meant to be and start manifesting at your highest consciousness. Beloved, we are breaking the wall of brainwashing. We are destroying the wall of indoctrination the wall of religion that kept you chained and made it difficult for you to connect with the creator that you are. We are breaking it with the energy of the truth, love, peace, joy, enlightenment, awakening, happiness, equality, freedom, tolerance, co-creation, and oneness. And guess what? We are unstoppable. The truth is angry. The truth wants to be heard. There is nothing that is going to stop us. There is nothing that is going to silence every other person out there who is called to enlighten and to teach the truth. The days of intimidation are coming to an end. Yeah? The days of religious supremacy are coming to an end. We are entering the era of spiritual awakening and it is exciting. And uh, get ready, be prepared, don't be left behind. Before you proceed with this episode, I recommend that you listen to the previous episodes that talks about the invention of the gods if you have not done so. You need to do that so that we can be on the same page. Without wasting time, I would like to proceed with the invention of the gods, um, our topic uh, for today. In this episode, we are going to talk about personification of the gods and creation of idols, the creation of temples for gods, and establishment of host for gods in the temples. We are also going to talk about the rituals that were performed for the gods. And I want you to understand why uh, they sacrificed animals, why they used incense, why they used blood rituals uh, to, 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 to appease the gods. And uh, we are also going to unpack how some of those rituals are still used um, in modern religion and how many people are not aware that they are performing rituals that were performed by ancient uh, people or our ancestors who invented the gods. You need to learn and be empowered. After our ancestors identified and classified building blocks as gods, uh, the second leg 
of creating a communication channel between human beings and the gods involved the process of personifying the gods. Remember when I used the word ancestor in this case, when I discussed the invasion of the gods, I'm referring to ancient people who were responsible for the invention of the gods, unless I state otherwise. How did they personify the gods? They created idols. Okay, so idol is an image or representation of a god used as an object of worship or used as an object for rituals. Idols represented the gods as part of the process of creating a communication channel between the gods and human beings. So each idol was made and assigned to a specific gods. It was our ancestors' way of connecting to the energy of the gods. Remember, the gods were actual building blocks of creation that were elevated to God's status. As you will read in Principles and Tools of Creation, uh, building blocks are energies. Uh, it is incorrect to say that the gods do not exist. They do exist because they represent energy. And the names that were given to the gods were representing the identity of a specific energy. Because of this concept of energy, they therefore believed that creating physical objects, physical objects that they can touch and assigning those objects to specific gods would channel the spirits or the energies of the gods. Uh, most idols were a combination of a human being and animal. They were a combination of an image of a human being uh, and animal and some were just an animal without uh, combining it with human being. In some instances you find that the body is of a human being and the head is the head of animal. Um, so that is why idols were found in temples. Idols are not the gods. They are the personification of the actual gods they are representing the energy behind the gods. Uh, this practice is still used by some people in the world. Um, there are people who use idols to communicate with their family ancestors. They use idols to worship uh, the gods that they have within a specific culture. Uh, so there are different ways one can communicate with family ancestors, by the way. And people must find a way that resonates with them and not turn African spirituality into religion. Uh, if we are not careful, we will go back to being religious. Are you now connecting the dots of the images and idols spoken of in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 to 6? Uh, remember that this verse is the main verse that changed things for me, that uh, removed the indoctrination that controlled my mind for many years. Let me read that verse to just uh, make you uh, aware of it. So according to the Bible, Moses read these words to the Israelites, the people that he was leading. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved 
image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or save them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So these are the words that Moses uh, spoke to the Israelites and said it is the words from God. So I wanted you to remember the uh, concept of images, where it comes from. Now we can connect the dots to see that when the gods were invented, um, ancient people created the images, created the idols to personify the gods to communicate with the energy that represented the gods. It was easier for ancient people to comprehend an idol that you could touch and see as opposed to a building block uh, turned to God that they could not touch. Idols served a role of creating a communication channel and building relationships between human beings and gods. Um, having an idol in your house, as it was uh, in, in the ancient days, um, and next to you was seen as manifestation of a relationship between a human being or between uh, members of a household with gods. And um, they believed that this worked in their favor. So it is for this reason that it was common for households to accommodate idols of specific gods. Um, it's a simple matter of if I can't have the actual sun in my house, if I can't have the moon, if I can't have uh, the stars or whatever building block represented the gods, I will settle for an idol that represents those gods. So when I studied the history of idols, it became clear that relationship between human beings was a prototype for the relationship between gods and human beings. So our ancestors believed that if it worked for human beings, it definitely would work for the gods. If giving each other names and using the language that we know, hosting each other, uh, invoking each other's names, if that worked for human beings, definitely it will work for the gods. Um, so they, it was a matter of we identify the building blocks, we give them the god status, we give them names, personify them with images, communicate and relate with them to continue to create in favor of all the parties involved. To fully understand the logic behind an idol, I, I want to explain how our ancestors understood life back then. Uh, the concept of idols comes from the belief that every human being has a spirit or every human being carries um, energy. You have an aura, which is true. We are energy. They took it further uh, by believing that if every human being has a spirit, it means that every creation has a spirit or energy. Um, I agree with them uh, in that everything is energy. Everything is energy. Uh, today we speak more of energy. Um, some people are comfortable with using the word energy and they are not comfortable with using the word spirit. I think it's because the word spirit is uh, commonly used in religion and uh, that is why certain people prefer 
to use the word energy as opposed to, to the word spirit, especially because um, spirits is also associated with cults. You know, people shy away from using that word. They also believed that the spirit of every human being, which is housed in a body, can be transported from one location to the next, irrespective of whether its body is present or not. I think this is where um, the concept of the idols came from. So they believed that every human being carries with them energy or spirit, but the spirit can move from one position to the next, even when the body remains in one position. When growing up, the elders uh, shared this story of witchcraft. Um, our ancestors believed that if witches wanted to bewitch you, in your absence, all what they needed to do was to make a doll or an image that represented um, the person they, they wanted to bewitch. I have seen uh, on social media uh, healers who claim that they can help people uh, to get back to their loved ones, to uh, achieve certain things. By They show idols of um, two idols. If they say they claim that they can connect you with the person that you love or they can make you go back to uh, a relationship with a person that you've lost. Um, they, they use idols. I've seen it on, on social media. They use idols or in just dolls of the two people that will be um, the person that they are helping together with the other person that they want to uh, connect with the person that they are helping. So they will use idols and then they will wrap the two people with uh, whatever they use to start the process of um, connecting uh, those people. So I, I believe that is the same concept uh, that was shared by the elders. So to cause harm on another person, they use the name of the person to invoke their spirit through their doll. So in other words, they will uh, create a doll um, that will represent the person that they want to be rich. If they wanted to inflict pain on you, all they did was to inflict the same pain on a doll. Um, so... The doll was in a way the idol version of the one they are targeting. So they believed that we dwell in our bodies. However, we can also move from our bodies to another place through our spirits. We can leave our bodies and travel independently. Um, the spirits rather can leave uh, a body and travel independent of the physical body. Uh, there are different schools of thoughts when it comes to matters of dreams when we are asleep. Some people believe that when we sleep, our spirits uh, or souls are awakened and they leave our bodies, our physical bodies, hence the out of body experience that comes in a form of a dream. Some believe that it is just a simple matter of neurology. Um, I'm convinced that it was this belief that every creature, animate and inanimate, has a spirit or has energy uh, that led our ancestors to create idols that they believed will carry the spirits or energies of the gods. They created idols with a view of invoking the spirits of the god, the gods rather, uh, by addressing specific gods with their names. For example, they will invoke the energy of the sun god 
using the net. Um, so if you want to read more about uh, the gods of Egyptians, you can also look up uh, the information um, on the Egyptian Museum website. So I, I need to mention this as well because Ra was the king of the deities. He was the king of the gods. If you listen to some of the worship songs within religion, especially within the Christian religion, because that's the uh, religion that I'm familiar with, when worshiping God Yahweh, there are words that are sometimes used or phrases that are sometimes used which say uh, gods of gods or the Lord of laws, the king of kings. And uh, it was only when I did the research on gods that I got to learn where those words come from. Um, when you worship a God and say he's a God of gods, he's a Lord of lords, it was just another way uh, of elevating certain gods above um, other gods by human beings. Okay, As time went by, they recognized the importance of the gods. And they will elevate them above certain gods. As simple as that. Gods of gods, Lord of Lord, uh, King of Kings. It is about the competition and the world of the gods. And today, unfortunately, we continue to worship uh, using those words because we don't understand where they come from. We don't have an idea of why a god would be worshipped as gods of gods, lord of lords, you know. It is, it is, it is coming from this uh, uh, invention. Following the creation of the idols by ancient people, the next phase uh, included the creation of temples uh, which were aimed at hosting the gods we don't just build a room for guests and leave them in their rooms without making them feel at home we host them by feeding them and giving them all what they need to feel important remember earlier I said the <clears throat> relationship between human beings served as a prototype for the relationship between human beings and the gods. So they created temples uh, for the gods and then hosted them because they are personified. Just because it's an image or an idol that is used it doesn't mean that it is treated differently it carries with it the uh, spiritual attributes of a human being it is personified it is seen as part of human beings same principle of hosting uh, human beings was used uh, for hosting the idols or the images that were used to represent the gods. Our ancestors took hosting of ordinary human beings very serious. You can imagine the level of hosting that was to be afforded to what they believed was supreme or was higher than human beings. Every god was built a special place and was afforded special treatment. It was common to find temples or spaces dedicated for worshipping and performing rituals with the gods. It is like being in a hotel and being taken care of by the hotel staff. The hotel staff of the temples were priests. Priests were given the positions to take care of the gods. Uh, the positions of priesthood 
were established to take care of the gods and the temples that were housing the gods. They were assigned to look after the gods 24-7. Bear in mind that by the gods, I'm referring to idols, that were made to personify the gods. Uh, the building of temples for gods was key to the establishment of worship rituals. This is where the practice of rituals began. One of the subject matter that one gets to learn during the period of enlightenment is that energy does not die. It converts from one state to the next. I also mentioned this in Principles and Tools of Creation. When we convert to Christianity, we are forbidden from connecting to our blood lineage ancestors. Uh, I believe that the root of this uh, uh, rule is Exodus 20 uh, that I've read. Uh, this scripture is the root cause of separation between African descendants and their spiritual ancestors. Um, this verse is the indoctrination coding for many Africans. The separation is also twofold uh, from our ancestors and the creator who is replaced by God Yahweh, the God of Israel. If you become enlightened, you will know that there is God on the one hand, or rather there's God Yahweh on the one hand and there's the creator on the one hand remember that god yahweh is a god that is represented by the bible uh, to those who must follow him and um, he is considered the universal god but history shows us that the origin of this god is uh is human made is not something that always exit, existed. Um, it is a double sword for us. But as I mentioned in the fourth episode, our enlightenment has come. Also, if you die a Christian, your consciousness will continue to tell you to sleep and wait for the day Jesus Christ comes back to take you to heaven. So in other words, even if you die, you don't become an ancestor that can connect with your descendants. You're separate. That's the separation that I talked about earlier. Because you die thinking that Jesus Christ is going to wake me up, you just die and wait for him to come back. And you don't even have the desire to connect with your descendants because you are made to believe that it is prohibited, it is sinful to connect with um, spirits that have transitioned. It is so sad. It is very sad indeed. Um, so the consequences of this is that the living descendants are robbed of an opportunity to connect with the blood lineage family angels. Because of indoctrination, a Christian is too comfortable to connect with uh, Angel Gabriel or whatever angel is presented. As long as it's not a spirit or energy that comes from the family or the, the, the energy that has transitioned, it is okay. Um, so, But they condemn the connection with their blood lineage angels. Uh, angels are messengers and you can also have spirit guides from the family who are guiding you to navigate certain areas of life. We don't walk alone, but that aspect of connectivity was taken away from many Africans, unfortunately. I must also mention this, it's very important, not every ancestor who transitioned or transitions into the spiritual realm becomes an angel or a go-to ancestor for advice and co-creation. Why? It is because your life here on earth 
determines the kind of ancestor that you will become. Uh, I mentioned this in Principles and Tools of Creation as well. Um, if you live your life not with the intention of acquiring knowledge or the kind of life that you live does not um, make you to have wisdom, knowledge and understanding, it does not mean that when you get to the other side, you automatically become this ancestor who is knowledgeable, who can advise. No, it starts here on earth. What kind of lifestyle did you live? Um, what role did you play in the family and in the community? And that continues even on the other side. So you need to be an intentional ancestor, right? Start here on earth, okay? If you can't guide your children while you are here, what makes you think that when you get to the other side, you're going to guide them? Um, yeah, so... Uh, the, the concept of separation is very serious and is very painful. Uh, Christians are comfortable to say, I connect to and invoke the name of Jesus uh, because he rose again and went to heaven. Yeah, so many Christians will say, no, I mean, uh, Jesus Christ is not an ancestor because he died and rose again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad anyway. Uh, the other day, I had a conversation with my mom about this topic. I asked her, why do Christians despise the rituals that are made to connect with family ancestors when the Israelites did the same rituals to connect to their God? Why is it easy for Christians to believe in the blood ritual performed through Jesus but despise the blood ritual that is performed by other Africans on behalf of their ancestors, who they believe are the intermediate between the living and the creator. Uh, her, <laughs> her answer was, uh, my girl, you are asking very difficult questions, but very important questions. I further asked her how she would feel if she still had a relationship with her father and mother as family angels or as spirit guides um, who have transitioned. Her response was surprising to me because she said it would be very nice, you know, and she would really love that. Many are told that our ancestors are demons, and hence we connect with uh, Jesus or Abraham or Jacob or whoever, as long as they are not part of our blood lineage ancestors. Uh, fear is also the coding that is used to indoctrinate and traumatize Christians. It is painful that many grown-ups continue to live in fear that is created by people who are long gone and are now spirits. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for her, that is my mother, and us, her children, and her other siblings and their children, and her cousins and all those, uh, that door of connecting with our grandfather and our grandmother, or our grandfathers and our grandmothers who have transitioned, uh, was closed because our grandfather was, was, was a Christian. He was a pastor and um, and he's sleeping as we speak and waiting for Jesus to come back and wake him up. Um, he also denounced all the ancestors before him when he became a Christian. He prohibited all his children from participating in, in anything that has to do with African spirituality. The fear and the demonizing of African spirituality by religion it's so, um, yeah, it's so deep. Uh, he also denounced the blessings from my great-grandparents who were traditional healers and sangomas. So that is why I say that the, the power of separation is a painful, uh, it's a painful thing, you know. 
you find many of us calling the blessings of Abraham. There is a song that goes, Abraham, blessings are mine. Abraham, blessings are mine. Imagine you have your own blood lineage ancestors who have spoken blessings upon your life and you are not connecting, you are not receiving, you are busy connecting with somebody's ancestor who does not even know about you and you are not even connected spiritually and physically because there is power in receiving blessings from your parent, your grandparent, your great-grandparent. That is why it was it is it is common, or rather it was common to see blessings being made or being spoken in favor of our children and grandchildren in the Bible. Um, it was a common practice. So many of us we don't even have that. Even if you can go to a Christian a parent or elder and say please bless me i need to receive your blessing uh the, the the quickest thing that they can do is to say god bless you um they 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 are not trained to speak from authority they are not trained to speak with that authority that i have the power to bless i have the plow the power to bless my children to bless my grandchildren May we um, become enlightened, really, and start living in the land of the living and stop uh, being orphans who always want to take, you know, traditions that we find. Let me also mention this. Just because you are enlightened and you know that you have the freedom to connect to your blood lineage ancestors, it does not mean that you have to. It does not mean that you must, right? Uh, transitioning into the spirit world does not automatically change who a person is. Uh, when we transition, we continue with the consciousness that we operated with when we were in the physical realm in other words the data the physical data and the spiritual data that is uh, stored in your mind it continues to operate in the spiritual realm so you carry with you the same limiting belief systems that you embraced when you were still alive um, you don't automatically become an angel Okay, if you were a bad person, uh, if you carried negative energy, if you were not healed, if you were troubled, if you were traumatized, if your life was in chaos, it does not mean that when you transition into the spiritual world, you become an angel who's automatically healed. No, it doesn't work like that. Transitioning into the spirit world does not automatically change who you are you carry with you the same limiting belief systems uh, the same religion that you embrace when you are still alive uh, the good news is that when you become enlightened you become aware of your power as a creator and you understand your power to heal the family history and create a new identity that serves you and your children and your children's children. We are healers of the past and healers of the future generations. Uh, you do not have to be stuck because you believe that you are not connected to your ancestors. No, you don't have to. Uh, some of you, although you are connected to your ancestors, it does not automatically mean that they are healed to serve you. It does not automatically mean that they are available to serve you positively. Uh, you may be the one who need to heal your ancestors. So don't think that just because I have the freedom and the knowledge to connect to ancestors, it means that I can connect to them. No, you'll find that they are not ready or 
they did not live a life that uh, qualifies them as ancestors or spirit guides or angels. In other words, they have nothing to offer. Okay. They did not offer something when they were still alive. It does not mean that they now have something to offer. They need to have the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding. Uh, you may need to heal the family ground and don't be chained to the limiting belief system that tells you that you must connect to your ancestors, um, that you must rely on them, that you must depend on them, that you are nothing without them. If you feel that way, then you're going back to religion that made you believe that you are nothing without God of Israel. You are nothing without Jesus and uh, you need Jesus. You need God to be alive. You need them for your blessing. You don't want to have the same mentality with your ancestors. You are a creator. You have the power to create. You have the power to start from scratch. You have the power to make things happen. Although the advantage of having ancestors that are, um, have created beautiful grounds for the descendants is that you don't have to start from scratch. You have an advantage, uh, but does not mean that you don't have, you can't start from scratch and make it. You have that power. Uh, the, 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 the idea that you need to always think that my life is surrounded by God, is surrounded by uh, Jesus. Uh, that is why you find people cannot finish a word or sentence without saying, give God, give God the glory. I worship him. I belong to Jesus. People even feel like they need to list uh, by order of priority. God first, me, and then my family. There's no need for that. You are a creator. You are a co-creator. It's just an indoctrination that makes you feel like you need to depend on God for you to survive. You need to depend on a system for you to survive. You have that fear that if I get out, then I am doomed. I personally believe that the trick that is used by many family ancestors of intimidating or threatening to take blessings and so forth from their descendants if they don't do this or that is a sign of unhealed ancestors it just gives me the the vibe of the gods you know the manipulation you know a whole lot of people have heard people say my ancestors wants me to do this if i don't do this they're going to block my blessings if they say that they have got they're going to block your blessings it means that they've already blocked your blessings. It means that they've used witchcraft to block your blessing. If anybody comes to me and say, I have blocked your blessing, that is witchcraft. I don't care who says it, whether it's your mother or your grandmother, it is witchcraft that is created to manipulate you to do things that serves them. You understand what I mean? So you are sovereign. You are a creator. When they were still working on earth, they were sovereign. Your physical body, your spirit body, and your soul combined, they make you a sovereign being. You are in charge. You are in control. You have a free will that, no, that must not be tempered with. You have the power to make decision. You have the freedom to make decision. You may, you have the freedom to start afresh. So nobody must manipulate you. So it is the same trick that was used by the prophets and priests and kings who were claiming to represent God Yahweh. Always telling people that God says do this and if you don't do this, he won't do this. There's, I, I'm even thinking of that verse that says, if my people who are called by my name um, humble themselves before me and move away from sins, I will heal their land. That is the kind of language that is used by religion to say, do this and I will bless you. I, I've heard about this scripture a lot during COVID 
a lot of pastors, a lot of Christians claiming that the reason you are having COVID is because you you need God. You need to turn back uh, and uh, appreciate God. You are you, all those kind of things. They are just manipulation. They are tricks to make you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do this and this and this so that I can be healed. Anybody who can come and say that I'm holding your blessings and oh, I'm blocking your blessings. That's witchcraft for me and it doesn't work for me. We can operate in that uh, realm. In the next episode, we are going to discuss the different types of rituals that were performed by ancient people in favor of the gods. We're going to discuss the meaning of blood rituals, the meaning of uh, sacrificing humans and animals on behalf of the gods. And it's going to be an exciting episode. And um, until then, take care.